Hello and welcome to What Memory, the podcast for survivors of stroke and brain injury. I'm Stephen Masters and I'm here with Josh Reed. We've both had strokes. We want to share our experiences, find out how other people live with brain injury and investigate what's new in brain injury research. This is episode 15, the Jamie episode. So Jamie is Jamie Rutherford, our amazing sound editor and fellow survivor, as we describe him at the end of every podcast. We met at Headway, and Josh was there as well, I yep, think. I was. So the three of us were there. I know why Josh was there, but I never worked out why you were there. So how did you end up at Headway? Um, I, I suppose how I ended up at Headway, that's an interesting question in itself, I suppose, which is something we've discussed previously. I don't think I would have ended up at Headway if it weren't for a family member being aware of Headway as a yes, charity. Yeah. That's a big part of, I suppose, one of the things that I think is important to get out there and discuss as well because so i had unlike um yes i know both of you have had strokes but i had a traumatic brain injury so yeah. i was assaulted um on a yes on a night out which uh i often get confused about the date <laughs> but it was i know from working out via this it was during the european football tournament um so it was may 17th 2018 same um, as mine which is very peculiar isn't it yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we're the same match or something oh no well we were in different places yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah right. so josh, josh is there having an operation and i've just gone to have a few drinks at a local pub um and unfortunately yes the local i suppose the as is the way with those kind of people, just drinking football, they're very leery. Um, yeah, the person who assaulted me um, had 42 previous convictions, it turned out. so That is quite amazing. So what exactly happened then that gave you the brain injury? What part of the assault? He, um, him and a group of um, either, you know, let's call them local yobbos, were very intoxicated and shouting and throwing like smashing glasses and stuff in the yeah. pub car park. Uh, no, no, We've all seen that. Garden. Yes, I'm sure everyone, unfortunately, yes. we all know that that mentality, especially in the UK. Unfortunately, we've got a bit of a problem with that side of things, haven't we? Um, and I was there and a few of, um, they were shouting a few of my friends and I just literally stepped in to say, calm down. We'll leave. We'll leave out the car yes. park. Oh, oh, out the garden. Sorry, and out the car park and leave. Which was uh, obviously the most antagonistic thing you could have said in that in that position. So yeah. I, well, I left with two other gentlemen that they'd been, you know, pushing around. Um, and unbeknown to me, when we've walked out of the pub and I've walked to the main street, one of them came up, run up behind me. I can literally, I can just remember hearing like a footstep and turning my face a bit and he just hit me over the back of the head. Um, and then obviously I just instantly 
instantly was clocked out. N- clonked out, yeah, and just fell face first and smacked my head on the ground. And then apparently they about three of them were stamping on my head. Oh right. So yeah. Oh. Which is wonderful. Good isn't it? grief. So, yeah. Yeah. So I had no had no real knowledge of the, you know, I know what had happened beforehand, but then when they actually really happened. Yeah, they came in and assaulted me from behind, and then I was instantly unconscious. So the next thing I remember was waking up in an ambulance very, very briefly with okay. my with my partner. Yeah. So I did come round for about two minutes, and this is actually very, very relevant. Um, I came round for two minutes, and I came round just to start screaming, saying, "Oh, there's blood pouring out of my ear." Can someone stop all the blood coming out of mm. my ear? And the, I always remember the paramedic was like, no, you're delirious, mate. There's no blood coming out of you. And I was like, I can literally feel blood pouring out of my ear. Yeah. And he was like, no, just try and lie back. Try and lie back. Um, and then it would obviously turn out a later date or on a later time that that experience or that sensation was blood in my brain from the injuries severing the connection between my ear and my brain oh wow and that was the last time i ever heard anything out of my right ear mm. was this horrible sensation and, you can and, remember sound. That, but and you i can... remember it very very well yeah yeah it was just like a horrible pouring like thick bloody sound like oh, wow. and that was the severance of my ear to the rest of my brain, which is really, really strange and peculiar, but that's yeah. that's what it was. So you ended up in hospital. Mm. Uh, were you unconscious in hospital, or did you finally come round? Or uh, So this is actually another, I suppose I'll find this very fascinating, but yeah, I was unconscious then for, uh, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't put you down a specific amount of time, but... Between 24 hours and 48 hours. Yeah. And um, obviously had swelling of the brain, multiple um, bleeds. Um, and they told my partner, Sean, that if I didn't wake up in the next hour, they would have to put me into a medically induced coma yes. and send me to... Um, uh, oh, I forget. I forget the hospital now. Here's another. Here's another brain <laughs> brain related yeah. thing, isn't but it? But a great piece of news for your partner. But yeah, mm, yeah, 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 that's really so, good to hear. Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's rather like Josh's mum's yeah. experience of the, of his stroke. It's just kind of similar, kind of, isn't it? Like, yeah, everybody I mean, else gets the bad news first. Exactly. I think that in a way we are super lucky to not have experienced that firsthand because we were just in the coma or out of it, happily, merrily trying to survive. Um, so, Just merrily trying to survive. Yes, so yes. Hang on to some level of on, subconscious yes. consciousness yes. or unconscious consciousness. Exactly. And, but I will say, that's that's I, I find this whole aspect of it fascinating because I do recall... I don't recall, obviously, being... It's like being asleep, almost. I don't uh, recall yeah. that... 48 hours in any way but what i do recall is off the back of obviously them telling my partner sean that i was or that they would have to put me into a medically induced coma she came and this is all i remember her shouting in my ear yeah saying 
Jim, you've got to wake up, otherwise they're going to put you in a coma. You need to wake up now, or they're going to put you in a coma. And I literally went, yeah, like like I was on some insane drug, like adrenaline, adrenaline just went, boof. yeah. Well, that, yeah, that is the insane drug, isn't it? <laughs> just pure, pure, pure adrenaline. And I just shot up out of bed and started shouting, and it was like I was still, as they described it, it was more like you were still in a fight. Not just a fight for your life, but obviously I had been in a fight or yeah. had been assaulted, yeah. and like all of you that, all of that, already... all of that had just suddenly just arisen in me, and I just yeah. got up and started shouting and was like telling everyone, "Get out of my way! What's going on?" and pushing, pushing everyone. Yeah, um, yeah, and I had no had no knowledge of really what had taken place at that moment. It took a Took me a few days at no, least. No, did they actually put you in a coma? So, so no, no, so, no coma. So no coma. I ne- was never well, put that in a is coma. A plus. Lucky, <laughs> lucky moment. Yeah, that's it. So I, I, you know, I put that down to my partner Sean somehow being able to, you know, get through. To you. That's it. The, yeah, the recognition yeah. of that voice that's made and, and the I, urgency. Of yeah, it, yes. and I, I recall it. I still recall it very well. I can still hear it in my head uh, saying that, and that, that was the first thing that I can remember, other than sort of a lot of. Let's say, well, other than just darkness, I suppose, really. And yeah, just yeah. Then suddenly yeah. it just went poof. That sparked you back yeah. from the edge, which could have been very dangerous territory indeed, yeah. brought you back to life, so to speak. Yes. So you're fighting fit in the hospital, but how long were you in hospital for? Uh, that in itself is a, a, a strange subject, I suppose, for me as well. I say strange subject, but I was... Um, Due to the amount of missions they had, I was put on a um, a strange ward um, with some terminally ill patients and some uh, long-term ill patients who I can't remember exactly what they were referred to as. But let's just say at night there was lots of screaming and rolling around and oh end it for me and blah, blah. so it was an incredibly horrible stressful yeah, psychologically dangerous yeah. place well, well, you wake up and that's to... what you're 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 basically in a war zone and yeah. your brain's in a war zone and you're suddenly in a war zone and you're just like I have no idea what's happening that's it yeah and oh, I yeah. and all I knew was that I didn't want to be there I was there for let's say I know I was there for two days and then I believe on the like on that some part of that that second day I um I exited the hospital, but I wasn't actually allowed to exit the hospital. No. Um, yes, I tried to. <laughs> I tried. Exited the <laughs> I, I attempted to, um, yeah, to leave. Uh, yeah, no. Well, I did leave. This is what I got. Oh, I got home. I got home, but I tried. By yourself. To, I got home by myself. Yes, I. I. What did I do? I somehow acquired some money. I don't know how I did. Oh, I think I might have still been left my card amongst my possessions. Um, and I got a taxi um, back to home. Um, but because, obviously, I wasn't m- meant to um, be 
discharged. Discharged. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Because I'd attempted to just discharge myself, the the police were actually called, um, <laughs> and the police came to my my parents' you house. Sure, which can't are, stay out of trouble. Can yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the police were yeah called to come and collect me from my house. So I got I got back there. I was there for about three hours, ate some food, and watched the program on TV. And then the police turned up and came and took me back to hospital. So <laughs> so yeah so yes I'm not really I still you know I still don't fully understand that whole you know what what the purpose of all that is because no one never really makes it clear as to no. obviously you shouldn't be discharging yourself when you've still got There's a huge risk. amount of blood of your brain and they want to monitor you and stuff like that so I understand that what I didn't understand was how it was gone about and that nobody really explained anything to me or maybe people were explaining stuff yes. and I wasn't really aware of what was going well, on it still. could well be because there was a lot of places a lot of things which I was told that I, I, I'm like I could swear to you that I was never told but yeah but, but, <laughs> but yeah in, in your own uh, there you go in your own mind's eye this is comes down to the whole perception of your reality after a brain injury as well yeah, isn't, it? isn't it I you know for me I was being kept against my will in this hospital with people that were dying when I clearly was What's alive um, yeah. even if I had problem with my my head um, and I suppose I probably haven't elaborated on the extent of my injury so I uh, uh, yes, yeah, so I had multiple bleeds on the brain and swelling of the brain, but I also had four broken facial bones. So my whole right. my whole cheekbone had been broken off, um, oh, wow. and yes, and another part of my skull had broken as well. So so that was like four fractures. So, so I do have three metal have plates in for, my head. Yeah, so you must have been in hospital mm. for quite a long time. Um, in the end, I was there for maybe a, uh, another few nights, but then I wasn't. Then I was sent back because once the immediate, uh, yeah, the immediate risk from the the bleeds on the brain and the swelling had subsided. Um, then there's not really much they can do with you other yeah, than basically you need to just rest. heal, sleep. And yeah. eat well, and that's going to be your home is the best place to do that. So, did they discharge you then? So then I was discharged. Yes, I just after, how, after how long? I'm just getting my head around this. Is about really... five days. Was that amount of damage? Oh, yeah. And then I was just after. <laughs> Holy smokes! That's incredible. <laughs> I had to. I was referred to multiple other hospitals, obviously for my facial fractures. So yeah. I had to go and see a maxiofacial clinic where they obviously discuss whether you're gonna. What the possibilities of the you know there was a dear possibility I might lose this eye at one point because right. sort of my whole eye socket had been broken right. off yes. and they weren't sure whether the nerve because you have nerves that sort of run obviously through the back of your your eye socket but then you have some that run through the front of your face which are and down your cheekbone and some of those had been let's say caught in <laughs> in the crossfire of the broken yes, bones right. so they're not you know they can't they can't exactly say they can just tell you that there's a small possibility you might lose yeah. sight in that that side and okay. you might lose feeling in that side of your face so initially um and I'm touching my face now I'm like <laughs> Is it still there? I can, I can actually. I'm sure I you can, can tell the difference. I can, yeah, I can. One side and the other. Uh, yeah, I most certainly can tell the difference. But at one stage, so maybe like two years ago, I couldn't feel one side of my face. It was the same as when you've been to the dentist. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I had no sensation in one lip, or let's say one half of both of my lips yeah. and my cheek. 
Um, and that was very, very weird. Yeah. And like things like shaving or cleaning your teeth and like, I just, that was just not there. And that was really weird. But slowly, as I'm quite fortunate, they've actually, that's, those nerves have regrown. And mm. I can actually, I can feel it now. Although it feels a bit more, um, numb-ish. Yeah, numbish, but there. Yeah. So which, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't complain about that part. When did you first work out in your own mind that you had some kind of brain damage? Or when did they work out for you? For me personally, I wasn't ever told that I had any type of brain, you know, I wasn't told I had, I had any type of brain damage. I was obviously, I was obviously told what had happened and right. that, that I had multiple facial fractures and that you had two, two slash three bleeds on your brain mm. and brain swelling. But that was never then equated to you might have long-term brain damage or yeah. any kind of, you know, problems going forward. That was not mentioned you to me. You three bees on the brain, but yeah. nobody thought there was brain damage. <laughs> well, no, no, one, no one decided to mention it to me. And I was actually, I referred myself to Headway. Um, right, okay. They, no one, no one, even my GP surgery, no one said anything. Yeah. I'm just fortunately. But you had a neurological consultant. I had, I went, I had a, yeah, obviously I had a neurologist, uh, Adam Brooks, that I was asked to go see, but that wasn't until three months after. My first appointment wasn't until three months after my initial injury. Right. So I didn't have any, I didn't have anything for three months. I wasn't told anything. Mm. It was only for fortunate. three months. Three months, that's it. In fact, it was actually longer than that. It was actually four months, I say, Stephen. I know that very well because it's something my mum often discusses that she was so, you know, upset about. I find fortunate. it quite incredible, actually. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm slightly So somehow, for, ridiculous. for four months, I was just dropped through the cracks of... Um, yeah, of the system, should we say. Um, and I believe, sadly, a big part of that is down to, if you have multiple injuries, you are referred to multiple different uh, hospitals. So right. I had three different hospitals I had to go see because they all specialised in different areas of my right. injuries. So rather than anyone taking ownership of me, <laughs> yeah. I just had three different hospitals I was going to see for different things. Yeah. And as such, nothing was ever passed on to my GP for them to say, Jamie needs to go and do some, you know, right. cognitive test or, you know what I mean, yes. or anything to check on my own cognitive awareness. That so was just forgotten about entirely. And it was only fortunate because my mum used to work, um, she used to work for a company called Foster Plus and did a lot of stuff with disabled and yeah, children who had disabilities, etc. Mm. And she was aware of Headway through that um, right, as yeah. a charity. And she told me, right, go and tell your GP you need to go to yeah. Headway. And so I went and did that. Well, this it is wasn't. a strange story because <laughs> what happened with me is that a friend of my wife, who'd, um, who'd also had a stroke um, many, many years before, and in a casual conversation she said, Oh, well, he must be going to Headway then if he's had a stroke. It's a terrible thing. <laughs> okay, she said, what's a Headway? And, that's it. <laughs> well, and then we had and to go to the GP and, and kind of jemmy them, them yeah. into... Because they didn't know what Headway was. No, we exactly like, the same as me. The they end, didn't know. The family wrote the letter which the GP signed. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly the same as me. Well, Mine. and then I volunteered there when I was super healthy and that's how I knew that Headway existed. So, you know... 
Yeah, because if, if, if I Josh had known... previous with Hedwig, you see me before he had the <laughs> brain injury. Oh, so yeah. that's really good. You one yeah. step ahead of us. Really. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, were, but useful because you, yeah. you knew where knew where to go. But I yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I, if I'm it just... wasn't for that, I wouldn't have. You know, I don't really know where I'd be right now, and that's a big. That's a big part of us as a group doing this as well, isn't it? I feel if I hadn't have fortunately, if I didn't have my mum, I, I often wonder about other people who might have had a similar experience to me. Yeah, and um, if they had had something, you know, a traumatic brain injury, and they'd had multiple injuries, and they had been dropped through the net as it were and yeah. then weren't referred to headway where would um where would they be or what would they be doing or would they be continuing to struggle through oh, their God, lives yeah. thinking un, unbeknown to them that you know these as far, options as far as are as out they, there yeah exactly that you know i really needed headway and to reassess yeah. my own cognitive abilities and it yeah. really helped me i think get back to a sense of new normality, as we know, yeah. there is no yes. re- there is no, no returning. No, <laughs> no, you can't ever go back. That's true. But but you must have realised then at some stage that you had quite serious brain injuries, neurological injuries. I think it was the it wasn't it wasn't me initially obviously that was aware it was everyone else <laughs> yes <laughs> yes oh my god like for me I just for the longest time I was like I was I'm fine my my, my brain is fine Everything else is fine. My arm and my body is not, but you know that that's <laughs> yeah. My my mind is intact. I was not making any sense. I wasn't, <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for so many other people, I would not be where I am today because I would still be in the belief that I was myself. That's exactly the same as me. I think once you've had a head injury, you have a very short um <laughs> buffer shall we say for what you consider to be irrelevant conversation yes. or yeah. not dealing with things directly so i i find myself being what people would refer to as almost autistic in my view of everything can be very binary and it's either yes or no and if people no don't understand that for me that it's i only see it in one way and there is no other option then I distress people. Do you see what I mean? Yes, they try yeah. and they try and explain their own whatever, and I'm like, I, that doesn't matter. If the sky's blue, the sky's blue. That's the kind of yeah. refer- that's the reference I'd often Multiple say. Multiple choice <laughs> questions yeah. are not our friends. No, no there you go. Yeah. Either yes or, or no. Yes, no. <laughs> and they're like, you know, I'll say if I can't, I can't deal with, let's say, um, ignorance or stupidity about certain subjects or not defining things when they're quite linear as I 
perceives right. them. But I could say that I probably might have had a bit of that before my head injury, and that's just been massively amplified by my Fair head enough. injury. So, yeah, yeah because yeah. I, I, I would be considered on the spectrum, and then I have ADHD, mm. and I think that obviously affects how my brain worked anyway yes and then it was massively amplified by the fact that then <laughs> after my brain injury yeah. I literally couldn't I couldn't explain to you any more than I'd be like I'd get so upset if people didn't understand for me something was just like this yeah just be like sort of I'm, what I'm doing now I'm waving yeah, yeah. my arms up and down and like no it's this it's got to be this it's just yeah. this yeah there was no other option um, and what, that really but, distressed people but mm. how did you fit what, it, there must have been a moment when you suddenly thought actually I'm not how I used to be in my head yeah was I there think a little moment when that that, that first doubt crept in really? you thought hmm I'm not quite. This has affected me more than I thought. Originally, it was like it affected everyone else. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Did they I tell, thought. Did they I thought you? it was like reality had changed. Everyone else was just stupid. Yeah. And I, that's that's how I perceived it. Like you know. I mean, no if only that had, was the case. Yeah, yeah. No one else had been. For some reason, I'd suddenly realised that no one else was. You suddenly woke up to the fact that the rest of the world <laughs> was wasn't as was was big as a brick. Wasn't <laughs> on my wavelength. Um, but then this whole subject is a peculiar one in itself, isn't it? And I wonder how much of this is psychology and various other things. So, I mean, this very much then relates to, I did, off the back of going to Headway, or let's say, as well as going to Headway, I also self-referred myself to the Acquired Brain Injury Unit. Okay. Um, and I think a few of us have had dealings with them. Mm. Um, I don't know if you have, Josh. Um, I, I've had... Dealies with them, but like not. I I then focus on headway because I, I was just it was too much to try and. I agree with you. I think both and um, you know acquired the acquired brain injury unit is is like a small team of yes like psychologists and medical professionals who were in various areas. Obviously, I was central Bedfordshire. One with a guy called Scott who's really really helpful, and he probably was one of the biggest helps to me coming to terms with yeah. what had happened to my chains in mindset but whilst you're with the acquired brain injury unit you have to do cognitive assessments which is like a it's like a five or six different tests where it's a range of different things from iq tests to various other things but mm. off the back of doing all those you're given a score um and i was given a score in quite a few of the subjects of what's called what for want of a better I always hate saying this out loud because you feel like you're like you're being horrible but, or that I'm being up my own whatever but it's considered far superior cognitive intellect that's just what the category is yeah. so because of that then that makes it peculiar because that's Miss Graw after my head injury and as they say, that also plays into my problems with trying to get money from the criminal injury compensation system. Right. Because as far as they're concerned, I have very high intellect anyway, so why do I need to be given any money? Yeah. But they have no knowledge of how, how intelligent I was before. Yeah. They cannot base, oh, you you are capable of leading a good and healthy life because yes. you're an intelligent gentleman. They can't just say that. I could say to them, well, maybe I was as clever as Einstein before. They have no knowledge and no way of proving what the difference in my cognitive ability yeah. is because they never assessed me before. But they use that as a way of scapegoating, paying out money to people, which mm. is a terrible and horrible reality of life right yeah. so of the last four years you've been 
claiming, what, criminal injury compensation or something like that? Um, well, I've been attempting. Yes. Yes, I've been attempting. <laughs> All right, let's just say so. attempting. That's the, that's the prime point. You're on a journey here. Yeah, I'm on a long, long and laborious journey. journey. Yeah, um, yeah, I've been attempting to. So if you, I suppose, well, I'll explain the, the system. So if... You had it, the whole system would just changed in 2012, so you used to get paid out a significant amount more, and it used to be a lot easier process. It is a horrible system, and they try to pay out as little as possible to everyone, and they will try and scare people into accepting less than they should deserve or should take, yeah. which is which is a nasty and horrible thing to think about, isn't it, really, moralistically, if we're going, and the ethics of that is disgusting, yes. especially putting on people who are already in a, a, yeah, anyway. a sensitive yeah. and horrible position, and then they will... So I'll just explain. When you are first or finally offered an award of anything, they say, if you do not accept our official findings, you may you may get nothing. That is the last sentence they leave on their their letter right. to you, which so is disgusting. Except, except the offer except, we will give you. Or we will give but you. Who, who actually assessed all this? Your so an, a third, an external party on behalf of. Oh, I say an external, an external assessor as a part mm. of the Criminal Injury Compensation Awards um, Association. Right, um, but. Before we get to, I mean, the point of getting to that place in the first place is incredibly difficult, uh-huh. um, and you have to, you have to. I would just say, you have to. If you're a person in my position, if you were assaulted, someone has to have been, um, someone has to have been convicted right. of any injury that you sustained. If no one's convicted of an injury, even if you know, something that happened. Committing the injury. If yeah. no one goes to court and gets convicted... If no one's convicted, then you don't, get, you don't get any compensation, regardless of if it happened or not, you know, as right. far as they can perceive it. If no one is convicted, then you get nothing. But the conviction rates in this country are... Diabolical. Exactly. So there is hundreds and thousands of people out there probably who are getting nothing, regardless, even though something happened to them. Fortunately, as we've already mentioned upon the gentleman in question, or one of the gentlemen in question who assaulted me, already had 42 criminal convictions against his name, was wanted for numerous other things, and was well known by the police. So they actually arrested him later on that night. As soon as they'd seen the CCTV, they were like, yeah, we know who that guy is. And And he's known for uh, this. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, and he's already known for numerous things, such as robbery, assault, and... Yeah, yeah, so, so, yeah, they were fortunately able to arrest him and... Again, done, but he was still only he was only you know obviously considering if you ever hit someone on the back of the head or stamp upon someone when they're on the floor that's that it can be considered manslaughter yeah because um, it is an attempt on someone's life yeah but he only got done in the end for the lowest level of GBH because they couldn't prove that he'd done it with intent even though it was all on video yeah. as the, you know we know how the terrible some of these things can be but they just wanted to get the the conviction so they went with the yeah. lowest thing that they knew that they could definitely that they could definitely get, get him done get, for get but that yeah. equated to uh, three and a half years and he only served a year and a half 
and then he was he was out before I was even recovering properly. Wow, which yeah. is well, he was out before you got any compensation. Yeah, oh, yeah, because well, we're I'm still out. Still out. I haven't even got any compensation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're four years on. Four years, yeah, four years on. Yeah. And still no compensation. No compensation. No. Is nothing. there an end in sight? Are you? Uh, I, how's that going to work? So, I. You have to, so here's another thing, um, which is very relevant to us, obviously. You know, the whole criminal injury compensation system is different for everyone, depending on their injuries. Yeah. But for anyone with a brain injury, um, if you need to prove that you've had a brain injury, you need to have had said injury and those, um, let's say, effects of that injury for at least 24 months before you can even be considered to have a long-term brain injury. So to know that it's permanent and to be paid out, you have to prove that it's been two years since your injury. Otherwise, you can't apply for that. But you have to apply within two years to be compensated. So there's another little catch-22. You have to apply within the two years, but you have to prove... So you've had it at least two years. So you have to wait till the last possible moment and then, say, here you go, here's all my evidence. I'm right at the end of the two years. You know, I'm giving in, you know, my my appeal, as it were, to yeah. my application um, now. And you, if you need further evidence, I've still got the problem, then come back to me afterwards. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's the situation. And a year and a half after that, so I've already been waiting two years, let's say. So then a year and a half later, I finally, so I waited a year and a half to get any response from them. Once it's with them, all they can say is, yes, we've accepted your your application, but it's being passed to an external, an external person and we're not allowed to communicate with them because that goes against the guidelines of how yeah. the decisions are made. Um and yeah, so I just waited a year and a half, and then I fall maybe about a year and two months, maybe a bit longer. Um, but yeah, then I finally received letter back just saying that they would give me the oh, let's say the the least the least that I'm applicable for in right, my circumstance. Right. So for head injuries, there's three brackets. There is mild, moderate, and severe. So you yeah. have a mild brain injury, and then within mild brain injury, they have mild, moderate, and severe. Then they have a moderate brain injury, right. okay. mild, yeah. moderate, and severe. <laughs> and then they, they have a severe brain injury with mild, moderate, and severe. So you have to argue your case of where you fall in, let's say, this nine-tier bracket of yeah. brain injury. <laughs> so obviously... They definitely make it easy for people who've had brain injuries. Yeah, of course. <laughs> And there's certain yeah. things within those categories that have to be proven so that like you have a, a change in your lifestyle, your personality's been modified. Yeah. Da, 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 da. There's all these little little notes or let's my say head, bullet points my on your head each is one. Spinning. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you now, this is a ridiculous idea. So so I fall within the category of a moderate brain injury, but I'd say a severe moderate brain injury. Do you have a tissue over this on or something? No. Only a moderate brain injury. But a severe moderate brain yeah. injury. Oh, so is that, sorry, yeah. yeah, so I would say a severe moderate head injury. Um I am appealing saying that I have a moderate 
severe brain injury um, just because there were some discrepancies in what they decided. They thought I'd gone back to work. I was driving four years down the line. I'm doing neither of those things. So I'm disabled for life and lost use of one of my ears, and that is through brain injury. Yeah. It's not my ear. Right. My ear is absolutely fine. So a yeah. lot of people who have head injuries break the little inner ear bone in right. their ear, and that's why they become deaf in one ear. My right. ear is perfectly functioning. The reason I'm deaf in that ear is because of brain damage. Yeah. And right. it was this, the literal physical blunt force trauma of the coil of nerves that go back on um, around the back of your head yeah. from each ear and they are like a let's think of them as like a selection of wires that go into yeah. the back of your head and they said obviously that was where one of the severe bleeds was and yeah. obviously the the damage to that has just severed the connection mm. between that ear and your head so that is just brain damage yeah now obviously that in itself means I'm permanently disabled. Mm. Um, so, yes, of course it's a moderate, oh, well, of course it's a significant mm. brain damage because it's going to affect, not only does it affect my livelihood, but that's literally what I did for work as well, yeah. is that I was an audio engineer, just to make things even more personal. So this is terrible. the terrible irony, is you, you were an audio engineer before you started on this ghastly thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're still... An audio India? Well, you are. You're obviously I'm doing still, podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. um, I'm still, well yes. Yeah, I find, well, I you're think, one year missing. But I'm one year missing. So I'm what I refer to as a monoral, monoral audio <laughs> producer. <laughs> Everything's but, a mono. But, yeah. but in, in a strange way, I know, well, this is, you know, we can talk about these, this aspect of things for a long time. So we won't, I won't digress into that. But I'm quite fortunate in that, obviously, because I've trained my ears for years and years anyway, I have incredible hearing in. I had incredible hearing in both ears. Yeah. And now, because I've trained just one ear so desperately yeah. to continue doing what I'm doing, I probably have one better ear than 99.9999% of people. Yeah. And I still work as like a mastering engineer dealing with other people's stuff. And people are like, how can you hear? How can you hear these little idiosyncrasies and these little faults and stuff? Yeah. I'm like, well, because I only have one ear. So that one ear... It's just all the There you go. It's yeah. very much like that whole thing in Marvel and Daredevil. Because I only have one ear, this one ear is exceptional now it's, because I'm has so. Like yeah. I can hear peculiar things, <laughs> and it is a strange. It's a strange. It is very strange, though. I hear like I can hear low frequencies in the ways that other people can't. So I can be sat in your house, and I will hear stuff going on down the street, and I can hear oh, trucks wow. moving down the road. I had to really become accustomed to it because I I would jump and I'd get scared by yeah. things that people don't or no one else seems to be aware of. But I can hear like little things going on or low frequencies yeah. happening, and it'd be like, and I'm like, oh, and I'm jumping all the time yeah. because I'm so sensitive to it, and it's really peculiar. But that's that's so the truth. Do you of think it. this this entire brain injury thing has it in a way? Creating a slightly different kind of audio engineer now. Yeah, yeah, my one hundred percent. Your abilities are different. Yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah or even enhanced. Like yeah, enhanced. 
Even though I've, yeah, enhanced in one regard and lost a lot of that. So, yeah, there you go. I mean, Anti fragility right there. I have, I have, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have what so, some people can refer to as what I sort of like. I can still hear in pseudo stereo. So, I can, because I've got one of those brains, I can still envision a 3D space and I can listen to stuff with one ear. And hear it in a 3D spatial field, yeah. okay. and so they call that pseudo stereo. So I can still imagine. So as I'm, I'm saying this while pointing at my two speakers, I have a left and a right speaker, and I can hear the tiniest, tiniest change in the speed of stuff coming from each speaker. Mm. So I know which. Well, I don't just hear like one sound. I can still envision it as like two, even yeah. though my stereo spread is not like a person with two ears, but I can still figure out how to do stuff in a stereo because field. the sound from one is slightly faster than the sound of the other one. Okay, well, that's, really? that's literally how your, that's how your brain works stuff out in stereo in the first place. So my hope is one day I should able to hear out of my right ear once again. Once the technology's there to remake that connection between my ear and my brain. Many thanks to Jamie, our amazing sound editor, for talking so frankly about his experiences. We wish him luck with the Criminal Injury Compensation Authority. And if anything we've talked about resonates with you, email us on whatmemory2 at hotmail.com. That's W-H-A-T-M-E-M-O-R-Y, followed by the numeral 2 at hotmail.com. And check us out on Instagram at what underscore memory 2. What Memory is our personal podcast. Any views expressed are purely our own or the views of our guests. We're not expressing the views of any organisation or business. Okay, we're done. The only thing we know for sure after brain injury is that the future is unknown and daunting. But it's only going to be brighter if we plan for it to be that way. Bye for now.